Are you ready, actually, to just do it? Just play this really, really bad Christmas song, please. <laughs> I know it's almost Christmas, and everyone is, it? is here. <laughs> it's for 2019. I know you want some presents, but you gotta do this here. Okay, do it for Santa. But it literally only gets crazier. I mean, now it's like relatively. Yes, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. It's so literally crazy. Like, as if that's the sickest line that they could have said. I know, I know. It's just like there's so many things to just unpack. So, when I first heard, or like, okay, let's, let's back up. For starters, the song is called Twerkmas by K Stylus, which I, upon like seeing the name, really thought that it was like twerk my ass like twerk my you know like which <laughs> makes sense like you know especially compared to what it actually is which is twerk mess and it came out um on January 31st you know timeliness is everything in the music industry and so <laughs> especially when it's a christmas song and then the next layer of this is like how i even came upon this song and i would just like to say that this is one of the great joys in life which is sharing music with your friends <laughs> and a great friend of mine actually turned me on to this extremely talented artist named k stylus um <laughs> Anyways, though, so we're just going to bump that for the next 11 months until Christmas 2019, because I'm assuming that's all we can do at this point. Yep. <laughs> um, but welcome to Backtrack. I'm Em. I'm Jay. And let's get right into it. The first thing I want to say is that the Patriots have recently won the Super Bowl, and the game, I would rate it like a 4 out of 10. Football as a, as a sport, or like... Just this this game in particular. There were a lot of calls that I didn't understand. I don't know what an illegal shift is. What's a sport? Okay, I'm sorry. Enough with the like football that I actually don't understand. But what I wanted to talk about was one of the commercials, which was a two chains commercial for this like company like Expensify or something. You like take pictures of your receipts and it like turns them into an expense. I don't know. But Adam Scott and Two Chains literally like expense an entire music video and it's so fucking funny and has amazing lines such as I roll up a blunt with old receipts. Oh no, there were so many so many better ones where she says she knew me when I had no chance. <laughs> That's also really good. But I feel like that could also be in a real Two Chains song. <laughs> um other stuff that came out um ariana grande were following up because she has a remix with two chains as if that was going to make up for everything which like i i'm glad that two chains is now profiting off of this like that actually makes me happy that he like he is getting some money from of the all if of this. i don't get cash i get credit does that that's oh line. that's a really good line yeah that's a good line yeah although i am still and it's the pink trap house on the cover. Yeah, I mean, I think it was good. It just seems like this is all she's going to do, and I'm still mad about, like, you know, all the other stuff and, associated with and it. And also the fact that she literally tattooed she cheated on her, like, body. So this is just, like, yeah, now we're just zooming out to just Ariana Grande and just cultural appropriation, which we didn't even talk about all the Asian or East Asian cultural appropriation. I mean, it happens, like, mostly with Japanese, I would say. Because that's of like true, but there's also the like Kung Fu Kenny, like Kendrick Lamar does yeah. that a lot. Yeah, whatever. It's a it's kind of like a rampant problem, and like we just kind of it, 
it was like it's more relevant to like Ariana Grande's like overall narrative and like only partially relevant to the song you know what I mean like relative to the other controversies but then she fucking tattooed the character for seven and the character for ring on her fucking palm and then when you say it together which is a fucking barbecue it's like it's it's also so so wild because like the actual Japanese like four seven rings is in the video it's in the title card for the video she did she didn't even reference her own self when she was like I'm gonna get this tattooed onto my hand (laughs) no you're right it was bad but then she tried to fix it and now we can like move on with our lives and just be like she dumb and that's it but what do you mean she tried to fix it she added she like did something and then there's a heart she added the character for finger did you know about that where she tried to fix wait, it, wait, wait, and so wait, now it says wait, she cheated wait, wait, finger wait, wait, heart. Wait, 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 It says she wait. cheated finger <laughs> heart. Stop, stop. Maybe you're reading it. You gotta read it up to down, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you want me to put finger in there? I don't know. Wait. She finger cheated <laughs> I don't know. heart. Wait, why did she think that was gonna fix it? I don't know. I thought she was adding the other characters from the video. That's what no. I thought she was doing. Nope. Wait, like, I don't... She just added finger. Wait, why? Like, why? I have so many questions. I don't In know. what way does that mitigate the mistakes made earlier? Are you serious? Yes. No, everyone is making fun of her. Wow. That's really funny. It just shows that she actually has no Japanese friends. That's like what it really shows. Yeah, no, and that's this is actually... not even like a call out. It's just like, oh, like you, you literally have nobody you can ask. Yeah, not no. even Google Translate will help you. Because that's what I <laughs> was like saying to myself is because like when I read it and I heard that it was that it was like she cheated. Like, because I don't read or like speak Japanese, but like we know what she cheated is. You know what she cheated is. Oh, I, I just do. read the BuzzFeed article like a beast. So. <laughs> okay, but I was just like. I mean, like, I'm a person who doesn't Yeah, but do you're, like, like, hip at the times. So, anyways, moving right along to some R&B announcements. Um, Lecrae featured on this song called Unstoppable, and I want to play a little bit of it for you. Okay, classic. Okay, classic. I love these chords, but you know that I do. Okay, so we love Lecrae. Amazing opening verse. Then... Why does she sound like Beyonce? I know. Like, I was just, like, cleaning my room. And I was like, what the fuck? I cannot believe Beyonce has a song this low on New Music Friday. Like, shouldn't this be a fucking, like, top of the line, big headlines, whatever? And then I, like, looked at the album artwork and I was like, I'm fairly certain that's not Beyonce. So, like, this is weird. And if you listen, like, super closely, it does become clear that it is not just a Beyonce clone. Like, she has, like, a a couple little, like, twangs and riffs that are... I don't know. They're just like sharper, a little bit higher pitched Mm -hmm. or higher uh, kind of tinge to them that do make it clear that she is not, in fact, Beyonce. Um, (laughs) But now I really like Corinne Hawthorne, who is the actual artist. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, Um, K-Camp has a song called Writing on the Wall. And it reminds me a lot of Cold Hearted 2, which was the last song on Meek Mill's album. But Meek Mill kind of had this like spoken outro where he would talk about how he had like lost friends and family and like how fame took a toll on his like personal life. Um, mm-hmm. 
And this song is kind of about that, but it's much more, it's an actual song, like with verses and a chorus and stuff, but it's very raw and genuine. And I really liked that. But, um, what else you got? Uh, can I play some new Monty Booker? For sure. Uh, this is why I like got into Monty Booker. Is this like dreaminess, you know? Yeah, I like the like things. Yeah. I just watched the Rocket Simulator episode of Community, and this reminds me of all of those sound effects of Colonel Sanders simulation. Yeah. I actually really like those very, like, unquantized drums, you know? Yeah, you do love that. <laughs> um, oh, what else? Okay, this artist, Bajat, has a new song called What We Were, and it's kind of like a smooth, not, like, quite future bass, because I wouldn't call it that, because I don't... I think he's more of, like, a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. um, but it has that kind of vibe to it, and he is, like, this... Libyan guy who escaped the war in Libya at age 15 and is now like making good music and is on the come up in the music industry so I was like okay cool so like today I drank Gatorade and watched Community and you escaped a war in Libya and then made a lot of good music so that's been good I always am so like surprised when I see artists like that you know like like how Tokyo Monster literally almost died and then oh, had yeah, two yeah, brain yeah. surgeries and then she's like yep Oh, yeah, and I'm putting out an album now. <laughs> yeah. Even though I couldn't, like, understand what music was. Like, anyway, a, like, go check out ago. my album, yeah. Like- <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and then also this song called A Hundred Bad Days came out. And I just want to play, like, a little bit of it because, like, I'm, I want to just explain my uh, my journey in listening to this song. <laughs> Remember when we all got drunk? With two broke thumbs. Oh my god, I felt so dumb. Lucky me. I wrote a song. So I was like, okay, this is sort of like Matthew Coma ish, kind of like cute, quirky lyrics. Right? Yeah. Lucky me. Okay, then this happened and all this like swirly shit. I was like, is this like a winter wonderland soundtrack? Like, I don't know how I feel about this, like. You know, see the swirling oh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, in the background? Yeah, yeah. I was like, what's what up with that? Um, and then this happened. hundred bad days made a hundred good stories. A hundred good stories make me interesting at parties. And I was like, okay, that's a really weird cut. And uh, then I was like, is that cute or corny? To say like a hundred good stories make me interesting at parties. It's like kind of cute, but it's also like we're repeating it over and over again. You know, I was like, okay, we're doing it. You know? Yeah. And then it was just like kind of cute and nice and I was like more into it and then this like bridge part came. I think the difference is his bass and yeah. his trumpets. Oh I love this little like this is the part, this is the little plinky part. Like kind of like cheesy but also like IDK, it's cute. And then, like, this was, like, kind of nice. And then by the time it hit, like, the final chorus, I was like, yo, I actually do really like this now. Like, a hundred bad days truly do make a hundred good stories. Uh. Now that I just said it out loud again, it became cheesy. But try listening to it because at the (laughs) beginning, you'll be like, yo, mm mm-mm. And then by the end, you'll be like, but, like, maybe... 
it's really good and then you'll I don't be know. like this like sebastian the crab feature is really good shut the fuck up um but the other thing i was gonna say is that i was like what like this matthew coma adjacent vibe like the last song i remember thinking that about was the pretender song with Steve Aoki and then I fucking looked up Pretender by Steve Aoki and these are the fucking vocalists AJR oh. you know the one where it's like I'm a good pretender yeah that's the little yachty one right the little yachty one the little, that's the little yachty one the little yachty that could <laughs> I hate myself <laughs> next Anyways, Cautious Clay also came out with a new single. We talked about them. Um, I don't know, like a month ago. Like or some a month shit. ago, yeah, something like that. With uh, reasons, and this one is a lot slower. It's called Honest Enough, and I do want to play it only because I'm. I want to point to like a couple of specific things in there. Look how much you live for the madness. Okay, so when he was, like, singing Reasons, I didn't, like, pick, put this together. But, like, I think one of the main reasons why I like him is because, like, uh, the, like, grittiness, the, like, rasp of his voice is very, I don't know, sonically pleasing to me. Like, I just really like that quality yeah. of his voice. Yeah. Um, oh, I liked that. Yeah. And listen to these This is so good. I love his high What notes. is Cautious Clay? Like, is this typical Cautious Clay? Like, is that what I I'm guess. supposed to think? Like, dang. But then I realized that another person who has a very distinctive, like, rasp that's, like, kind of very similar to that is fucking <laughs> Post Malone. Dude, and this is not Post Malone whatsoever. I know. If Post Malone I, had, like, a head voice, then it would be Post Malone's head voice is this. Okay, yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying, is that I was just like, why would I listen to Post Malone when I could listen to Cautious Clay? I don't know if I actually agree with that, but I guess I have never heard a Post Malone falsetto head voice song, so can't really be sure. Whatever. Fine. Dugong Jr. has a new single out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good and it's called holding on and i would encourage you to uh watch the music video if you haven't because that shit is like very interesting okay the reason why i say that is because the music video is literally all about this like taxidermy giraffe oh what the fuck it just like kind of shows up you know dugong jr is a little weird <laughs> for sure <laughs> We love Dugong Jr. Like but literally, also it ends with like the vocalist like just like petting the giraffe. Like it's just like oh wow, because it's like in a set pose, right? So it's just like tipped on its side, and it's like legs are still like stiff and just kind of like out. And she's just like petting the neck of this like taxidermy giraffe. Oh, it, like zooms list in, of it has, things like, I did not think we were gonna talk about on this episode: the taxidermy giraffe. <laughs> The song's good, though. Yeah, I actually, like, don't typically associate Dugong Jr. with this style, but it's very, like, loungy and nice. His last single had this, like, kind of feel yeah. as well. 
Um, other stuff that came out, Le Maître has a new single called Fast Lovers, and I don't know if we've ever talked about Le Maître on the podcast before, but they are a duo, and they normally have like a more French house disco-y vibe that's like fast-paced, and I think Closer was the first song that I heard by them back in you know the cover of the chain smokers <laughs> shut the fuck up it's a very different song <laughs> but it has almost like a glitch hop sort of feel and this fast lovers one is a much more um slow and nice sounding and kind of like peaceful ambient waves yeah it almost reminds me of like a sun models you know the odessa song Uh, for always the slate oh wait yes yeah what's like the word that you use to describe this vocal style vampire weekend question mark like ezra koenig like i don't know Gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like low past. A little bit low fi. But also this intonation, this like specific. Yeah. I don't know. Like Rostam does it. Like. Yeah. But it's a vibe. Um, Also, Robotaki has a new song, All I Can Do, which is very like soothing and peaceful. I feel like most of the electronic artists that I listened to this past week were like chill it's winter we're feeling pensive yeah we're feeling cold. we're feeling mellow yeah polar vortex <laughs> that would um, be like anxiety song yeah that's true um and then the last single that i had was rac came out with a remix of the saint lucia song walking away which has more i feel like rac has this kind of not minimal but very open production and then we'll have like a lot of things sort of sprinkled on the top yeah. Whereas this yeah. remix focuses a lot more on the mids um, and the chord progressions that are inside those like filling synths. Uh, mm. So I kind of liked that. Um, what else you got? Um, Young Franco, also in the same, honestly the same kind of vein as Jugong Jr., has a new song, Other Side. It's a little bit more chill than Young Franco's other releases, which I think we both kind of found them uh, at the same time with that one song, um, Drop Your Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Young Franco have a song with Sofia Reyes and it is queer? And so we love it. I don't know, dude. It's like Girls Don't Cry. It's really good. Really? Wait, wait. wait. We're looking this up now. Girls Don't Cry is Maribel. I know Maribel. Maribel's in that song with Penthouse Penthouse. It's like. I want to know everything about you. Ooh, yeah, 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 you. yeah. That's that's fair enough. Damn. Wait, why did I like miss this song? But girls don't Anyways, new Young Franco single, not the girls don't cry one. Yeah, um, I'm always excited for new Young Franco shit because like, I feel like they inhabit the space that is like perfectly in the middle of like Cosmos, Midnight, and Swindale, you know. Like, yes, but they're also very, like, infinitely close to each other sometimes. I know. (laughs) But, like... But we love that. Cosmos, Midnight, and Swindale are not releasing music, so... 
and Young Franco. That's true. Young Franco is, is a little bit more housey, I would say, though. That's true. Like more like electro, more, not obviously not like electro, electro, but yeah. like you know with more the synth choice, the bounce and the swing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the electronic sort of vein, Big Wild released an album, and this is a dude who got his start opening for Odessa super casually. I don't know like how they found him. I think they may have literally just like found him on SoundCloud and were like, dude, you should like, I don't know, open for our tour in LA and SF. And then he was like, okay, word. Um, and then he had a song after gold with Tove Sturk. Sturke. Sturke. I don't know. Uh, that went kind of viral. So I feel like I was like big wild. That's a name that I think I've read somewhere before. And the album is super good. It's like very um, dreamy, ethereal kind of vibe. It's the type of thing where like any of these songs, I would like not be mad if they came on while, you know, like doing fun group activities. You know, like it's just really pleasant. Fun group activities is interestingly vague. Like you're like playing fucking... Like, what's that game? That spike ball, you know? Dumb shit like that. You're like cooking, you know, like normal things, okay? okay? And I like that extra uh, strum. Like, da 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 da. That group activity vibe. Right, though? I was a little bit confused with the very, like, dark bass. Like, I wasn't expecting the bass to be that dark, but yeah. then it, like, fixed itself. Yeah. And it's, like, this type of vocal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then there's, like, this other fun song, Joy Punks, which is, like, a little bit more um, rhythmic and more, like, progressive house influenced a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and has these little cuts, these vocal cuts that are starting to come in. The only, my only complaint about that is I wish the high one, like, they did it like an actual vocal person, like, reaching for that high note. I wish they just took the part where the vocalist hits the high note, not the slide. See? You know? I actually like, like the slide. Okay, well, I guess that's why they kept it in there. And so then I was, like, starting to... Yeah, for you. Um, I was like, okay, I think I start to, like, get this album, like, you know, in terms of vibe. But then this one song, Purple Sand, My Home, was, like, so fucking cool. So you think it's the same as, like, some of the other previous songs? And it's still, it's like a little bit more claps based, which is like fine, um, but still, you know, in the same space until this part. Ooh. Right? This is weird. I like it. It's so cool. <laughs> And I love, like, the bass is, like, getting so showcased here. And then this, like, kind of, like, young folks whistling happening is so fun. Yeah. And the lyrics are, like, great pop lyrics. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then the last song, Awaken, I also thought was very beautiful. Basically, I just was so impressed with like the quality of this album, and it was like every single song I was happy with. And then Purple Sand for sure was like my favorite one because I just like the use of syncopation there. It's not just mm-hmm. like a do da do da do da do type yeah. of vibe. It's actually like each one of those syncopated hits is like really pulling their weight and mm. it opens up in a way that allows you to like just focus on that. You know, I don't know. It's yeah. great. But what else you got? Um, Let's see. Uh, Young and Sick also came out with a new single that I think was basically just kind of released as a double single along with, um, what was it? We covered it last week. Bitter End, mm-hmm. which we covered last week. Yeah. Um, and literally, actually, though, like, at the beginning of the song, I didn't think that I was going to be that into it, and it hit that one-minute mark, and then I was like, ah! The classic one-minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so can I play you the thing after the one-minute mark? At least, like, set the stage. But yeah, so I was like, right, this, like, is like, okay, what? Like, and I thought that I, like, knew what it was going to be at this point. Yeah. Right? It kind of reminds me of, like, Amtrak. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like this. I'm also such a sucker for when things are, like, low-pass filtered and then they, like, open up and have all that clarity. Oh my god, I love the vocal slicing. I love the I like know. rhythm of up to no good. This is really fun. There's like this like vocal line that comes in also there. Wow. Like I love that it's Young like, and sick is killing it right they now. They are really young and they are sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, but actually though, those two vocal lines like make it so good. Cause it's like it half of it is like harmonizing with the other one, but then mm-hmm. it like it carries its own other vocal line. Ah, it's so good. Yeah. Anyways, um, also I have one more thing that's like in our kind of better late than never category, in that it was like released like a long time ago, maybe oh, no. like a full year ago. Oh no! <laughs> but it's not my back track because <laughs> I just found it recently. Just some bullshit. This is a loophole. Um, so basically. Uh, I was like on SoundCloud. I was like all sad because I was like Ryan Hemsworth doesn't put anything in his SoundCloud likes anymore, so I can't see what he's listening to. And so I you're went to so creepy, but okay, yes, you're right. Yes. That was one of my main sources of music, which is fair. Taste. We all do it. Anyway, and so I went to his Spotify page because I was like, oh, like maybe I can glean something from here because sometimes those people, like artists, will have playlists that they put up where it's just like, here's what I'm like bopping to or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And he does have one, and it's called like On and Off or something. This description's really funny. It's like eat a bunch of Indian food and then lie on the floor and feel bloated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or something like that. We're halfway there. We did the Indian food, and oh, now yeah. all we have to do is lie on the floor and feel bloated. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, it's so easy. But yeah, no, it was essentially like functioning. SoundCloud likes and I found there are like a, a lot of gems in there and this is just one of them so it like starts off a little bit slow and it's like okay it's like kind of housey but like also what do these synths remind you of like Porter Robinson honestly yeah like Porter Robinson that's my guess especially with this like almost vocaloid thing Reminded me of old set since. Ooh, you just need a little bit of arpeggiating in there and you'd be like good to go. I tried to. Hold on, I'll compare it in a second. 
after this beat drops because it's like really cool. Aside from like wow. it's so like cute. It's like very it's like a soft touch. It's softer than I would have expected because right when you like there cut it in the beginning, there was a little bit of like boots and pants kind of vibe, and yeah. I was not expecting it to like lay off like this after the right. So it has like the soft touch that like a good like in love with the ghost song sounds like, and like sure. I think that the like the vocals remind me of that a lot, but then also just like said old synths and like house beats. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let me let me find you what that song what it sounds like. Okay. I mean, I believe you. I'm trying to think like they're kind of like rougher synths. You know what I mean? Where you can mm-hmm. feel every single one of these little harmonics just like zhuzhing all over and stuff. And so like I can't. I'm trying to remember. Like sort of trancey almost. They yeah. sometimes do that. Doesn't it remind you of these? Yeah, but these ones are like, like the other ones have a little bit more harmonics in them. Oh yeah. This one is more like metallic and bouncy. Yeah. Although, yeah, you know, now. But like it, oh, when right they, now when they do this. This, yeah, yeah, when they like kind of like feather out the edges, yeah, yeah for sure. Wow. Sad. Remember when he was good? I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Kind of on a more soothing vibe, I have some indie music. You guys, I'm really trying to prepare for when the Vampire Weekend comes out, and I'll have like a couple the other... The Weekend of Vampires is upon us. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to listen to some more indie so I can just like, I don't know, understand it like a smidgen more. But um, this song called Are You Bored Yet? with wallows and claro came out and claro was the vocalist for blue angel yeah with daniel harrell yes yes and that was really really good and such a different sound from her really because i feel like this is what her regular sound is oh well like the two songs that we really liked from her like better with sg lewis and like it was just sg lewis and daniel harrell yeah doing that (laughs) word okay cool so that's fun so claro came out with it just a completely normal fucking single um (laughs) and tame impala uh has a new song with theophilus london called whiplash and they are trying to have a career defining 2019 so we will see what continues to be up with them and then joan has a new song drive all night we love joan we really do love joan them and their like pseudo 80s it's like not really pseudo like they're just very 80s aesthetic yeah Yeah. some nice soothing february vibes yeah and then this like doesn't really fit anywhere else but i just like i need to vent about it for a little bit okay louis fonsi has a new album and like he is leaving despacito behind he is leaving echame la culpa behind he is gunning for Sebastian Yatra's throne. Straight the fuck up. Okay, but that being said, isn't Despacito like literally on the this album? It is, but like every <laughs> single other song that doesn't have a feature. I guess there's also Calypso. But every single other song is like sad ballad. Okay. Maybe that's redundant. Ballad. You know? <laughs> Salad. Sad <laughs> Stop. ballad. Stop. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but truly... Just the album art. So for starters, Sebastian Yatra's album name was Mantra. Louis Fonsi's album name is Vita. You know, we got very like big concepts, single word, stylized in all caps. The album art, Sebastian Yatra, shirtless with his tattoos, like hands together, kind of just like looking pensively at something off camera. Louis Fonsi, shirtless with tattoos, looking up at something pensive 
off camera. Their hair is like gel the exact same way. So like I already was like, yo, Louie. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> Come on. And then I listened to a song and I'm just actually gonna play the Sebastian Yatra version first, which is a fucking jam, and everyone should just be listening to it every day. And it's called Quiero Decirte. <laughs> Almost as often as you listen to Torquemus. Okay, so here's what we're listening to right now. You know, you got some epic piano. You might say unnecessarily epic. I wouldn't, but some might. You have some reverb. You have like this cymbal riser, like shh. Okay, then we get to this bridge. You got a little bit of perks coming in. Okay, th- we're going to the chorus. Hold on. Yeah, we're going to the chorus. Okay, great. great. Okay, so focusing. <clears throat> so you have these like low piano notes, and I want you to try and remove that from, from what you're thinking of. You know, you have like these claps that are syncopated. They're kind of coming in and giving it a lot more movement, a lot more energy in the chorus. And then you have these um, high vocal things right here. This is the part that I like. And everyone's walking in the rain, feeling sad for their lives, and they're so romantic, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that is Yatra. Now, Fonsi. So if you took out the piano, which I know it's really hard to do because it creates such a, like, vibe, and you just replaced it with guitar, like, we'd have this, right? And I'm not faulting these two songs for having the same key, which I'm fairly certain that they kind of do. Like that's not what I'm saying is the problem. Let, let's just let's go to the let's go to the parts in question here. See, we've pumped up the percussion, but it is actually still quiero decirte. You know, it is. Just a little bit. Really though. Quiero decirte que te quiero aunque no sería primero. You know. Okay, fine. Now that this like reverb thing that's yeah. happening is in there. And we have these like claps, these percussions in the bottom of this chorus that are kind of like lifting it and pushing it through. And then we have this fucking vocal thing. Wait, we get to the other thing. Right? Okay, yeah. And I know it's hard. I said it before. I know it's hard to take the piano out and replace it with a guitar. But if you did do that, you would get... Quiero decirte by Sebastian Yatra. And it's just like really, fu- it's just funny to me. I don't know. Like, I'm not like pissed. Like, I'm like, oh, like Louis Fonsi canceled or whatever. It's just like lulzy to like look at the cover art of both of them, listen to some songs back to back. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. They're Pretzels both such like pretty boys with their tats and stuff. I don't know. But Apaga La Luz was pretty good on the Louis Fonsi album. You know, I'll give him that okay. for sure. But I just needed to rant about that for a hot second. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I think it is about time for my SoundCloud corner. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you sound super jazz. Okay, don't worry. I'm, I'm upping the energy because Marshmallow made a pretty funny claim um, recently. So Marshmallow you, is? Um, 
Wait, people should know who Marshmallow is. Marshmallow is that producer who always wears this marshmallow hat head thing and like. But I want to say that he like popped up and there's like when happier like, with Bestie and we made that joke about hey, do you want to be on the top forties again? I know. Okay, how to fine, do it. but I think like just even more background. Marshmallow like started being on the scene at like the height of the future base sort of era. Definitely, and yeah. I feel like Marshmallow and then fucking Slushy. Is Slushy oh still, like, a thing? I think Slushy is still a thing. Anyway, so Marshmallow, like, popped up at the very peak. And I kind of feel like to at least me and maybe some other people on the blogs, he, like, represented... He was by no means the first person to just, like, make trendy music. But he was definitely, like, very prominent in just, like, being like, oh, I can produce Future Bass and have, like, yeah. the Future Bass aesthetic. Yes. And if I do it, like very much the way that people are listening to right now then i will mm-hmm. skyrocket to fame and then he did yeah and now here we are yeah and so basically what happened is that he collaborated with literally fortnite i have a personal dislike for fortnite but that's my own yeah thing. and we can't make this about that so but keep on going anyway so he threw a virtual concert in fortnite and was super jazzed about it and seems to think that he's the first person to ever do that and kept on tweeting about it and so did all of the news outlets, which is a little bit lulzy considering that Firefest was like not too long ago yeah. and that Firefest was also not the first of its kind. For one thing, the comparison is very clear between like Firefest and like whatever it this is Fortnite that you call thing because they're like held in a video game because they're both in a video game medium like there's like live stuff or whatever and like the producers show up like yes and they're just minecraft versus Fortnite. Mm-hmm. but firefest was literally raising money for the trevor project and like the marshmallow thing was like for marshmallow's personal gain and for like epic games and Fortnite's personal gain so it's like yeah, also a little, a little bit, bit more annoying but wait, was it just Marshmallow or was there other people who had sets? I, I think it was just Marshmallow. Hmm. And he was just like, we I mean, just, that just made history, like, guys. And it was like... That's like when Dua Lipa mm-mm. performed at Tomorrowland and was like, oh, the first international female artist at Tomorrowland. And then all the other like female DJs were like, word. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. It's like you can't be saying you're the first unless you are absolutely sure you are the first. Yeah. Because then it's just awkward. And it is awkward because, like, it's not even, like, Firefest or the things that came before it, like, Coachella, were, like, the first. Because then before that, there was even SPF 420, which was basically, like, this big chat room. And then there was, like, a video feed of the producers, like, or the DJ's, like, bedroom or whatever they're DJing from. And then mm-hmm. there's, like, visuals and then their live audio. Yeah. But I realized that that shit was also, like extremely indicative of like the soundcloud culture of the time i like looked up who was like playing spf 420 because i remembered this very specific like gaia komodo like set Mm -hmm. that was like in partnership with secret song so i was like okay obviously i see ryan hemsworth doing a set giraffage doing a set like these are all like ryan hemsworth's friends but then i see bareface like bareface as in the member of brockhampton Oh, okay. The one who sings. Oh, right, all right, the time. right, right. I was what I man. Bare I was fa- like, there is no recognition here. That person. That's hilarious. And I mean, and I amazing. Guess, I guess I didn't like not see that coming because like there was a collaboration that Bareface did with No Rome one time, who's like also a Secret Songs person. But mm-hmm. like, 
Bareface did an SPF 420 set, and I just want that to kind of sink in. That's truly wild. Um, I mean, the one thing I will say, just bringing it back to the marshmallow thing, is even though he has, like, skyrocketed to fame on trendy music, he does at least, like, collaborate with some other artists and try to, like, elevate their styles of music, which is nice. Consolation prize for marshmallow. Okay. <laughs> sure. Anyways. Whatever. Is that all you have? Just tea? Just marshmallow tea? That's I mean, it? no. There's like the rest of... Like, there's other songs? There are oh, like there are songs. actual songs. Okay, cool. Like, Let's hear them. Let's it made sense to put it into the SoundCloud corner. Okay, I'm ready. I want you to guess who this is produced by. Dylan Brady. Why? Why did you get that so quickly? <laughs> because I feel like... This is actually wrong. I associate Dylan Brady with this type of vocalist. Oh. <laughs> which is fucked. Cause like Stop I don't know this. Mark Johnson. Yeah, these very like boom bap SoundCloud garagey hits. So literally, I had no idea who this vocalist actually was. Yeah, me neither. Basically, it was like, um, I guess now that I know that Dylan Brady actually has a bunch of shit that's on SoundCloud that isn't on Spotify, I guess in order to keep up with Dylan Brady, I have to still be checking the SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the song is called Silver Sphere, and the vocalist is Silver, or maybe it's Silver Sphere, but I don't know. Is it one of those things where it's like the dash, and then you don't know whether it's the song? It's like something dash something, and you're like, which one's the artist name, and which one's the song name? It's actually more like on some things it says featuring Silver Sphere, and then on some things it's like, oh, wait, actually, maybe the song is called Heart. Oh, Dark Horse candidate, <laughs> completely different word. No, because there's no there's no hyphen or anything, and it just says Silver Sphere, Heart, Prod, Dylan Brady. Yeah, that's on you. It's called Heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, their SoundCloud name is just Silver. Okay, so fine. Maybe Silver whatever. Sphere was taken. <laughs> Rough. Moving on. <laughs> Why, though? <laughs> This one literally has less than a thousand plays. It's Ratatat's theme song. <laughs> Maybe it is. I think that actually is what they were thinking about that when they made this album art. Made by Only Tom. Lit. It's kind of cool and clubby. Okay. I want it in a bootleg. I want it just to be like in a set. No, that's actually I think what it is built for because this song is literally like less than two minutes. Mm. It's pretty cool though. So that was Fluke Nukes' Ratatat. Oh, that's Fluke Nukes? Fluke Interesting. Nukes. Yeah. And then here's one that I think that you will actually think is really cool. This goes for all around I actually did not love this original. No yeah. offense. Just because I think this like long, like all around the world hook, I, the melody just wasn't my favorite. But this is really cool. This is a cool remix oh, no. of it. You'll... Okay, so that being said, the like vocals are like weirdly EQ'd, but like that's what yeah, happens when I you have like, like a club. I, yeah, it's like something is going on here, but yeah. Okay, but listen to like 
what happens after this part because I think that this is also really clever as like a bootlegging tool. Whoa. That's right, it is the yeah. hook from One Night. Oh my the god, other I love that like. song. Wow, and that's my backtrack, ladies and gentlemen. One Night by Moral Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song so much. Wow, this was this is a cool this is a cool edit. Yeah, yeah. Damn. This is why it's so important for like remix culture to continue to like be a thing. Exactly. And I think that like the thing that I'm trying to get across besides just like finding weird Dylan Brady productions is like that these songs that are inherently made only to be played in mixes and like for clubs are just as like valid listening songs as like and like really important I feel like this is like the precursor to this is how like genres you know you test it out and clubs and shit like it just I don't know yeah man that was a good one yeah yeah I know (laughs) but um guess guess who that was because I I think you'll find this interesting that is Siraj okay which um who has like actually had like a lot of really cool collaborations they're part of Pelican Fly which is the same place that like Lido, Cashmere Cat, Sinjin Hawk are all from what do you mean where they're from like they it's a collective that they all belong to okay like in their very very early days like when DJ Slink and gotcha okay okay okay. yes yes yeah um But also, they're a part of Barong family and had... We love Barong family, especially guess Chase. Which, Yellow Claw. You know that Chase, Chase song, Fire? Yeah. That's Siraj and Chase. And it's oh. from a Siraj EP that was released on Barong family, so... Interesting. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for my SoundCloud quarter. Backtrack time? Yes, and I am so ready. Can I go first? Yes. Yeah, do it. Such an icon. Like, everyone knows this opening line. But can you hear these little, like, bubble pops in the 16th notes right Hello, now? Hello, Sean Wasabi. Yeah, what <laughs> the fuck? The future. Yeah. These hits, the snares, are so 90s. Yeah. Besides just, like the guitar besides these like violins it's just like very 90s yeah. okay so this is my backtrack it needs no introduction but it is called no scrubs by tlc whose members are t boz watkins left eye or lisa lopez and chili thomas hence tlc right okay yes. didn't know if everybody knew that already um, and they are like an Atlanta-based sort of R&B, hip-hop, tomboyish, sassy girl group. It feels crazy to like try and explain what TLC is, but I'm just covering my bases here. I mean, I don't know. Also, you can just sum them up by saying that they were a girl group in the 90s. Cause, like, but they were special. Is... They were special because they had this particular vibe. Okay, that's true. That's, that's true. what I'm saying. And did you know that they are the best-selling girl group in American history. Wait, really? Yep. And they are the second best in the world, second to... Uh, Destiny's Child, Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Okay. There it is, yeah. Spice Girls. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's tough to beat Spice Girls, though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so even though they've had some ups and downs in their careers, if you pop over to their Wikipedia page, which informed me that that is the case, No Scrubs is, like, such a fucking highlight. So musically... 
It was written by Candy Burris, who is literally starring on The Real Housewives of Atlanta right yeah, I was now. Like, where do I know? Yeah. That so from? she wrote that fucking song with her friend, and they were like driving in a car, and they like freestyled the part where it's like a scrub is a, like also known mm-hmm. as a busta, whatever. And then they wrote the rest of the song. Or maybe Candy just did the freestyle and then brought it to her friend and then they wrote the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being given to TLC. And they changed a couple of the lines. Like, I think there was something where it was like fat ass and then they changed to broke ass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because they already had this very like confident, independent woman sort of like vibe. Mm-hmm. And so it was like an immediate smash. And the production is just so cool. Like, even though this is a very like classically 90s sort of production with like the guitar and even the perks are like painfully 90s a little bit, (laughs) they do a really good job of allowing the listener to like focus just on the words. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very like a spacious instrumental. Yeah. And they like come in and have all these things. One thing that I thought was really interesting is that they had a version with the rap verse, like left as rap verse and one without it so that it wouldn't hinder radio play interesting yeah which is crazy and it's such an indicator of the times you know like now we have like camilla cabello just retroactively adding sway lee you know we have like ariana grande adding two chains like it's such a thing to just like now come out with another version and it has a rap verse on it in Mm -hmm. order to like garner more plays so i was like wow what a what a switcheroo that has happened um but then in terms of the cultural aspect of this song for starters it was released ten, 20 years ago wow 20 years ago what? as of february 2nd 2019 so old times but wow. it was like such an empowering is such an empowering and impactful song and so fucking good and apparently when it first came out like all these guys there were all these like radio hosts who were like oh my god like am i a scrub okay like (laughs) let me check like i think i I have a job like okay i'm not like hollering at girls okay cool 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 okay i'm not a scrub cross off the list like they were like (laughs) concerned and they would like wouldn't ride to the club together like because they were like oh i'm so nervous i don't want to be like the guy hanging out of the passenger side (laughs) best friend's ride um and I just feel like it's so funny that it created this cultural phenomenon. Like, obviously, it's present now, but, like, even immediately after, like... Yeah. Just forever, everyone being so, like, worried. Because it's such a, like, a good call-out song. It's not even just, like, oh, this guy, like, cheated on me, whatever, whatever. It's, like, if you don't have a job, if you have a shorty and you don't show love... Yeah. If you do all these things, it's, like, a fucking list of, like, all the <laughs> annoying things that happen, like do you do them you a scrub Can and i love like it like a new like edition where that list just becomes a lot longer and it's that's like, how we get rid of toxic masculinity every time you say actually and then say dumbass facts that we already know you a scrub <laughs> every time you objectify women you a scrub every time you don't pay women the same amount as men you a scrub <laughs> solving all our problems with no scrubs exactly welcome to um, my ted talk yes also, the music video for No Scrubs was all pretty crazy. It was directed by Hype Williams, who directed, like, Kanye West's Gold Digger, All of the Lights, like, a bunch of very iconic music videos, and mm-hmm. he, like, hopped on it for this, and I feel like that also contributed to its immediate, I don't know, like, establishment in in our minds, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, forever. The, the cultural psyche will know it forever. Yeah. Anywho, that is my backtrack. 
no scrubs tlc happy 20 year anniversary to that top that (laughs) hot wheels Okay, well, I will say that mine was not released 20 years ago so much as maybe, like, three years ago. That's still more than I would have Four expected. Four years ago? Okay. My boyfriend saved me. My mother's homophobic. I'm stuck in the closet. I'm so claustrophobic. I just won't help if... My best friend's racist. My mother's homophobic. This just got I'm way, stuck in the like, closet. heavier. I'm so claustrophobic. I just want to know shit. Well, we all love young thug. Facts. <laughs> right? Assassinate my character. Miserable America. Assassinate my character. Interesting. This song Turn. is so beautiful. It is cool. I like this silvery, like glitchy yeah. things happening. Bells question mark? I don't know. Yeah. So that's a song called Boyfriend America <laughs> by Kevin Um, This is off of his um, American Boyfriend album, which uh, was like very formative for me in my high school years. Is this um, before Brockhampton? Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. This cool. is why I already knew who uh, Kevin Abstract was before that. Okay. Gotcha. Um, when I was finding a lot of like, uh, specifically like black queer artists, like Mm -hmm. a lot of them were rappers and a lot of them were saying things like, you know, I don't want to be considered like a queer rapper. Like, I don't want that to be like my label. I just want to be a rapper. And that was like what, uh, Leaf and like Mickey Blanco and people like that were saying. Yeah, which um, is fair. Which is... which is To want to control whatever your narrative is, yeah. Exactly, yes. But to have someone who, like, Kevin Abstract, who is, like, A, basically, like, my age, like, I think he's, like, younger than you, older than me, okay. um, on the come up, and also, like, just, like, being so upfront about everything, and feeling so, like, relatable in that sense. Like, it was, it was very clear that he was very in touch, and that he was purposefully including it as an as a narrative as a form of visibility specifically yeah like in all all of his interviews he he always talks about like i do this because i want like when i was a kid i didn't have anybody like that and i want to be that for other kids Mm -hmm. um and so i think that to have that like very specific narrative it's it is about controlling your own narrative but that he like pushes it in the way that he wants to push it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And honestly, sometimes in the most fun ways, like that one very short video of him saying, this is a gays only event. Go home. <laughs> oh my God. That was him. That's him. Yes. That's hilarious. At his own this is a concert. Gays only event. <laughs> yeah. I think that is definitely empower. I think in this song in particular, what is like striking to me is that he, in each line doesn't compromise one or the other. Exactly. Like he'll be like, my best friend's racist. My mom's homophobic. Like that's like an important thing of, you know, obviously I'm not black, but like being a person of color and also a queer, per- you know, like you have all of exactly it's these all... identities and it's very hard to like extricate one from the other. Right. And so I, under- I, I do understand people like Leaf and Mickey Blanco wanting to just like focus on this, on their technique you know, on their skill as a rapper and stuff. But I also respect that it's very hard to just hold one identity 
exactly. and above other ones that you know you have. Yeah. And I think that like the the interplay between all of those like emotions happening at the same time in this song is what makes it so powerful. And um I like call me an angsty teen, but like there's you a are. reason why this like song was very formative to me in like my high school years yeah. is because I think the production when you're is intersectionally good too. marginalized like that and then the chorus is just like, you know what, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like that is very angsty, but also beautiful. And I think um I'm ninety percent sure that Ramel, one of the like producers of Brockhampton, also like was working on producing this album. Gotcha. Okay. So it's like the cool, same cool. people just carrying on with the same projects. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to bring that up because I don't think that people know about that album now that Brockhampton is so popular because they just start like, oh, everyone's a rapper. Everyone who does rap now is like always a rapper. But like this is a very specific, I think, in between genre that Kevin Abstract like occupies for me in my yeah circle of music that I listen to. <laughs> Damn. Well, good start to Black History Month. We got TLC and Kevin Abstract. And uh, next week, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> TBD. I don't like to think about these things more than 20 minutes beforehand. <laughs> um, anyway, that is going to do it for us this week. Um, any announcements? Rate us on Apple Podcasts or something. Oh. We have five stars. Not to brag, but it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, interact with us on Twitter. Check the playlist or our website, whatnot. See you next week. Bye.